Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. If you have your Bibles while you're doing that, you can turn with me to the book of John, chapter 6 and verse 21. Book of John, chapter 6, verse 21. Going to mainly pull from one passage of Scripture, but we're going to use this entire story um, and even pull in some more stuff. As of Monday or Tuesday, I kind of thought I had a direction in which I wanted to go. But then as of later in that week, um, God changed that direction. So I know for a fact this is for someone this is for someone in particular. Maybe it's for more than just one. Maybe if it's, it's for two or three or four. Uh, maybe more. Maybe you're watching now or maybe you're here now or maybe this is for someone that's going to be watching this evening or Monday or Tuesday or whatever. But I will say this, that this sermon is going to be a little bit different, um, a little different because I'm going to dedicate this sermon to someone special. I'm going to dedicate this sermon to someone who is like me, not perfect. This sermon is dedicated to the not-so-perfect people. So I, I will give you an opportunity if you want to get out early because you've got it all figured out and you've got it all worked out and you know what you're doing and everything is, is good and you, you, you're perfect, then um, I'm going to... Before I pray, I'm going to give you just a break. You can slip out, and I won't think anything any worse of you, I promise. Um, But while we're doing that, Brother Evan, I need your assistance, please. There's a stool right there beside the the water fountain. Can you bring that here, please, sir? um, No, I'm not weak or anything. I just need it for a prop. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, We... uh, we're going to need to, hopefully, can they see that? All right. Hopefully everybody can see that. Okay, well, you had your opportunity. You had your shot to either turn it off or go somewhere else or go ahead and hit Cracker Barrel early or whatever. But I see everybody is still here, and I trust that everybody is still here online. So that means one of two things. That either means, A, you identify yourself like me as someone who is not perfect, especially spiritually speaking. Um, but you're still here, right? Or you're the second person. You are perfect, and you're just curious on what I'm going to say next. So if that's you, it's okay. It's okay. We know who you are. <laughs> we know who you are. But today, no, really is dedicated to those people who... Um, may have struggled a little bit through last year, may have struggled a little bit. Uh, and I know, I know, I realize that, that it's, that's not always easy to say, especially in church, because we, we as church folk got to have it all together, right? 
But today, um, we're just going to lay it all out here at the beginning of this year. And I think it's for this main reason. Here's what God told me about that. He said, just lay it all out and watch what I can do with that. Give it to me. Give it to me. Surrender it. In fact, was the words he said, surrender it to me and watch what I can do with that. Now, how many of you are glad God knows how to handle that? All right, three of us. The rest of you are still worried about where I'm going with this sermon, aren't you? And the crazy thing is, is yes, I missed last week, so this one may, I may have to go twice as long to make up for last week. Because I know Brother Jonathan probably let y'all out early. Did he let y'all out a little bit early? That's what I thought. Um, I can't compete with that. He's, uh, he's much nicer than I am. No, we're, I'm not going to hold you super, super long. You'll be able to get to your fried chicken in time, I promise. But before we do that, we are going to get into this. And I will also get into just a, a, an announcement or two um, as we, before I get too deep into the Word of God. So if you have John 6, 21, let's read that, and then, then I'll go into some more stuff. John 6 and 21. I will be reading out the New King James Version, so yours may be a little bit different. It may read just a little bit different, but I promise you, I will pull this, pull this out in a way where the meaning will be the same. John 6 and 21. Then they willingly received him. <laughs> Amen. How many of you are at that stage? How many of you, in, how many of you are in that boat right now at that stage saying, yes, Lord, I am willingly <laughs> receiving you right now into the boat. And when that, isn't this crazy how you can see how from that, what happens? And immediately, as my grandpa used to say, immediately, if not sooner, immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Father God, we love you and we thank you. I want to thank you, God, because you, you know how to meet us right where we are. You look upon us and know that though we may struggle at times and though we may not always feel like we are perfect or where we ought to be, God, I want to praise you that that, that doesn't scare you off not one bit. I do want to praise you because you have the mercy and the grace and the strength and the power to handle that. And because of that, I have the respect and the fear and the reverence and the worship that I give back to you, knowing, Lord, that that is for a purpose. And I don't want to fall short. Father, I give you praise because in those moments where I do fall short, you, you are there. You're there to pick us up and you're there to help us. Father, I pray today that that's what happens that you pick us up, that you help us. Here we are at the beginning of this year where I know our boat has been rocked, but I want to praise you because you are here. And it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen? Amen. And if you've ever had your boat rocked, you'll know exactly where these disciples are coming from. Uh, I am going to begin talking this week and over the next few weeks. I don't exactly know how long yet. Kind of going to have to see that over the next bit of prayer time. But uh, over being a steward of the presence and the glory, the Spirit of God, 
Being a steward of that and how important that is. And this actually came from a word. And I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. I'm, every year I always seek God for a word. Cause I'm simple minded, okay? I need, it's not that, that, uh, the word is more powerful than any other thing, but I can't remember a whole phrase. I gotta remember just a word. Okay, y'all, I'm the only one in this room that has trouble remembering that kind of stuff, apparently, right? Uh, I am still the one, guys, I am still the one that I will get out of the truck to this day after 9, 10, 11 months of it. I will get out of the truck. I will walk all the way to the door of whatever store it is, and I will go, ah, turn back and walk all the way back across the parking lot and dig a mask out from underneath the seat. Right? Thank you. Then I pull a McDonald's french fry out of it that I've stored there for safe, safekeeping. And the cool thing about that is it's still good. There's not a bit of mold on it or anything. It's magical. I don't know how they do that. It's those, those magical, magical, wonderful masks. That's right. <laughs> So, so I need just a word. It's not because I'm more spiritual than anybody. It's just because I'm simple-minded and I need just a word. And so at the, be, the end of last year, as I was seeking about the beginning of this year, I felt the word impact. Impact was the one that just kept over and over and over coming into my spirit. And God is so generous and so good because last year he, he gave me a word and then that word actually led to the entire book of Ephesians. And so all of last year I just read Ephesians over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And with that, 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 that famous passage of scripture that says he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think and more and all this stuff. Then, then it's like God moved from, from just one word into giving me two words. And the second word with that is stewardship. So this year I have two words. I hope I can remember it. I'll have to tattoo it on my forehead and look at it every morning when I get up. And it's, it's impact and it's stewardship. And the cool thing about that is that they are completely related, that you cannot make an impact without being a good steward. You cannot make a true impact without being solid yourself. Anybody who's ever done enough demolition or construction would know that. If the hammer is not solid, what good does it do? How much impact would it really make? It's not going to make much at all, is it? It's going to make, it might look fancy, it might look pretty, it might look like it has it all together, but deep inside there is some emptiness to it, and because of that emptiness, there is no impact. Oh, it might make a lot of noise, but it's not going to make a solid impact. And here I am at the beginning at something very brand new in my life and a new actually opportunity that I've had a door open up in front of me. And I don't want to make this door. I don't want to walk through this door, this opportunity without knowing that God's going to do so for an impact and an impact for his glory, his kingdom, for his namesake, not mine, not ours, not the, not this building, but for his Glory. How many of you want to make an impact? You realize that time may be running short for that, right? Here's the truth. That could be at any time. Who says I'll make it through this day, right? Especially if I keep eating all the Christmas candy. Who says we're going to make it through next? We don't know. So what we have to realize is that we are to make an impact, to be a steward over what we've been given right now. And our church does that this way at the beginning of the year. And for about 15 years now, 
uh, we have always taken 21 days to seek God, to put some things of the world aside and to seek God a little more at the beginning of this year than just an average day. For, for the last 15 years, we've done some kind of, of prayer and fasting and worship as a church, seeking God, asking the Lord to be with us in a special way. We're doing that again this year. Now, I'm not asking you to do anything that is super crazy, um, but I am asking you to take 21 days this year, and it starts tomorrow. I know Brother Jonathan had mentioned it, and so some of you... Um, you had a week to prepare. Some of you had a, had a week to, to be afraid of what was coming up. Some of you had, like me, you, you went through the, the pantry and you started getting rid of all of the, the sin in the house, right? All of the, those extra Christmas tree cakes and cookies and all that stuff. You had a week to prepare. Um, if you want to talk to me about what, what I normally do, that, that's fine. But for 21 days, um, I take this season to really seek God more. And I've done so also by putting something aside. If it's a Daniel fast or if it's something, maybe, maybe it's just sugar for you. Maybe, maybe uh, someone says, uh, snicker bars, no snicker bars, right? Through 21 days or no McDonald's, right? No, no french fries stuck in the, in the mask. I don't know what it is for you, but all I'm asking is that for 21 days, you set something aside and you seek God a little more, a little more than average, a little more than just your normal day. Um, for some of us, it's TV. For some of us, it's social media. For some of us, it's getting up a little bit early or staying up a little bit late. Whatever the case may be, set something aside of this world, something aside, and then pick up more of God. And I think as we do that, you will see how God will reveal himself to you in new and precious ways. I've actually already talked to someone who has been part of this church, and he's already started this. He started this last week, and he said God has already given him fresh revelation about some things in his life, just after one week of coming closer to the Lord. I believe what the Scripture says is true when it says, if we draw close to him... Come on, Bible scholars, you finish it? If we draw close to him, he might possibly draw closer to us. He will. He will. Right? Everybody say, he will. He will. So from tomorrow through the 24th, we are going to take those 21 days. It'll be three Sundays that we're going to go through this. And, and um, I know that God has got something in store for us, just as I know he has something in store for us today. And today is about being that steward of his presence. And I want to I want hopefully encourage you a bit that you don't have to be perfect to do so, that God is working with us in the midst of all of this. You don't have to be perfect to do so, but yet, there must be some hunger in some part of you that, that wants more of God in your life. And I think it's from that heart and that desire that an impact naturally happens. I think it's more about being, being instead of about doing. Being a human being instead of a human doing. We've said this before, and I feel like a broken record sometimes when I say this, but it's something you really got to get a hold of. 
that what God does comes out of who he is. It's not the other way around. We don't worship God because he does awesome things. He's an awesome God, and everything he does is awesome because it's just he knows nothing else. (laughs) That's just how it is. It's just natural to him to do that and to be that. Well, I know that God is going to afford us some opportunities through this year, through this up-and-coming year, to be a light and an example and a blessing to others around us. And I want to make sure that we do so for an impactful reason of changing and seeing people's lives change forever. Amen? Amen. Um, So here we are picking up with John 6 and 21, very familiar passage of Scripture. We've all read this. In fact, this this passage of Scripture is one I've actually taught on not too long ago, and I was a little bit... Uh, a little bit taken aback when God said, let's go this direction, because I I thought I already went this a little bit. But apparently God has got something in store for us. And again, I'm dedicating this to all of us who do not feel perfect. And what I mean by don't feel perfect is I know that we're not all, no, nobody's perfect. I I get that. And, but, but what I really mean by that is going deeper in that is this, is that how many of you feel, and you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but how many of you feel like you should be at this level, but you really feel like you're at this level? Okay, That, that happens to me a lot. That happens to me a lot where I feel like I, I should be at a 10, right? I mean, I've been preaching since I was 16. I've been working this ministry thing for quite a while now. I, this is something I was raised in. I was raised in church my whole life. Even though I'm not going to lie, the first part of my life, I was more concerned about what was underneath the pew and what was in grandma and mom's purse and the candy and the gum that I could find in that. But but eventually, I, I did realize what this was all about and began sowing my whole heart into what God had in store for me. And I've been doing this for a while now and a lot of times it's a little bit disheartening to me when when I go to bed and I think on my bed at night and I realize that man God I feel like I should be so much further than where I really am or where I feel like I am just nod if you feel me every once in a while okay thank you I realize that maybe it's not just me. Maybe it's, it's, it's there, there are more people out there that you know you feel like you should be at a 10. And what, let's describe a 10. A 10 would be smooth sailing, right? A, a 10 would be no struggles. or A 10 would be no doubts or fears or worries. Uh, uh, being at that, that, that 10 level would be like being spiritual Superman, we, we're, we're, when, when something does rise up and you do have to face something, you can just take that shirt and begin to expose that, that Superman chest that's right underneath there that says, I can handle this, no problem, no worries, no doubts, no fears. That is a 10. It's, a, it's what we think of when we read the scripture and I'll give you abundant life. Right? Jesus says in John that the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I come to give you life and what? Life more abundantly. And we read that and we think, all right, that down inside there somewhere, somewhere is a, is a spandex suit that's got magical powers that when we pull that shirt apart, it's going to reveal our true identity. Oh, but the scary thing is, is when that shirt gets pulled off, you don't want to see this in spandex. <laughs> okay. 
You, you don't want to see what's really down inside of there because down inside of there is, is still a struggle. When I feel like I shouldn't be still struggling with certain things. Down inside of there are still doubts and fears and worries that I think, why are they even there? And why, are, why am I having to fight and battle these giants over and over again? I thought that was over. Then, then, I, then I hold back to the, to the promise that Jesus has given us victory and the battle is the Lord's. And, and I absolutely 1,000 billion percent believe that all of those words are true. But what I have found out is that a lot of times my perception and my belief don't always match up. I found out that sometimes what I know and I try to stand on it and what I try to believe, it's not always how I feel. Because my feelings, man, they can be all over the place. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And sometimes I feel like I got this, I got this monkey whipped. <laughs> and then sometimes I feel like that monkey is standing on, not just on my back, but he's jumping up and down on my chest as I'm laying on the ground begging for help. So maybe instead of a 10, I, I feel like sometimes I'm at a, I'm going to be generous with myself and say a 5. Where I feel like I'm right on that, that, that edge where I could go one way or another. Sometimes I feel like I'm right in the middle where, where one step I'm, I'm good and then two steps later I'm backwards and I'm bad and I feel like it's a struggle. Well, if that's you, and if you're like me, and I think I've said, seen just about everybody nod. If you didn't nod yes, you were nodding asleep. So I'll take that. Either way, I'm going to say this to you. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. We have t-shirts. <laughs> we all have t-shirts. We have been there. We've done that. We wear the t-shirt underneath here, right? We also have um, we also have a, a motto, and our motto is "Lord, I believe." Oh, but help my unbelief. We also have a mission statement, and that mission statement is simply this: "Lord, I'll obey, even though I don't always know how it's going to work out." And it's in the obedience that I'm hoping for hope. And it's in the obedience that I'm wishing that things would, would really work out. Well, if that is you, and if you're ready to sign on to the club, you're ready to join in the meetings, if you're ready to pay the dues and all of this good stuff, then I would dare say you're in really good company. Then not only is everybody in here in that club, I would dare say that there have been lots of men and women of faith over the years that's been in that club before. In fact, if you read the scripture, every man or woman that God used had went through that same thing, right? Don't you love the story of Gideon, where Gideon is, is hiding from the enemy. And the angel of the Lord shows up and says, you are one brave, awesome dude of valor. Maybe y'all don't see that as comical. But Gideon is hiding. And the angel of the Lord could have came up and kicked him in the pants and said, what are you doing hiding from the enemy? Get up and get out there. But instead, the angel shows up and calls out his true identity. Even when Gideon couldn't see it himself. I told you, sometimes the belief and the perception are a little bit far apart. Right? 
the disciples, they all went through it. How many of you are glad you have the Word of God that teaches you this? The Word of God that is very real. This is not a fairy tale. This is not, this is not a knight in shining armor always slaying the dragon perfectly and getting the beautiful woman and getting a nice kiss and everything lives happily ever after. These are real people dealing with real issues and real struggles in life. And the disciples were all part of that. That's where we read this. This story, this, this story which is so real, it's, it's actually on the, 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 the backside of another story. Another miraculous story. This, this story that was on the front side of what I just read to you is such an important story. Every single gospel has it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell this miraculous story where, where a lad, a small boy provides supplies the, the fish and the loaves and Jesus supplies the miraculous move and the power and the, and the multiplication power of God to four to 5,000 plus people. And then the disciples supply their sweat. Everybody say, praise God for sweat equity. How many of you got some of that? Right. How many of you been to the school of hard knocks? Right. The disciples turn to Jesus and not only is Jesus's miracle so incredible, but it was the fact that he invited the disciples in on that was just as incredible. These are the same disciples that said, it can't be done, Lord. These are the same disciples that Jesus, with a wink, says, hey, let's feed all these people. And the disciple says, this can't be done. Here it is, the end of a very long day, and you're wanting us all to feed them. We don't even have enough money in our bank account to go to Domino's and buy them enough pizza. I don't care what their special is. It doesn't work like that, Jesus. It's not how it happens. We don't have enough. And he starts looking and says, well, who has something? And one of the disciples, I think, in a kind of a smart aleck tone says, well, you got a little boy over here with a little bit of stuff. What are we going to do with that? Like, I know none of us, none of us have ever been smart aleck with God before. Right? But one of the disciples says, well, there's a kid over here. I've seen his lunch because <laughs> I was getting hungry and I was thinking about beating him up and taking No, I'm just kidding. But no, I, I, we do have a little kid. Eli, I thought it was him. <laughs> you okay? I promise I'm not going to beat you up this time. <laughs> and Jesus says, bring it to me. Well, you guys know the rest of the story. What, what, but the cool part is, is I, I want to know where the, the 12 baskets came from. Y'all ever noticed that? At the end of the story, the Bible says that once it's all passed out, once Jesus did the magical fish and chips thing and passed it all out, then the Bible says at the end of that, there were 12 baskets full leftovers. My first thought is, where'd they get the baskets? Then my next thought is, they were probably, each one of them had their own basket, like their own lunch pail. (laughs) And that was what they carried everything in. They knew they had 12 because there were 12 disciples, right? And they were empty. So they were basing or or trying to to determine what Jesus can do based on their empty baskets. I know you all have never done that, but I have looked at myself and looked at my stuff and looked at my life and looked at my heart and looked at my opportunities and failures and faults and struggles and thought, God, what can you do with my empty basket? The short answer is fill it. But y'all didn't pay for the short answer, so you get the long answer. Right? 
The short answer is fill it. And that's exactly what Jesus does. Jesus goes one step further. And y'all remember this. He tells the disciples to take the baskets full and put them in the boat. Keep the leftovers. Aren't you glad God is, gives us doggy bags? Right? They fill the boat with it. And as they're filling the boat with it, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's turning night. It's the evening, about to be nightfall. And Jesus looks at his disciples and says, okay, now, you get in the boat and you scoot on over to the other side. i got to go pray. But you guys go ahead, get in the boat, and scoot on over. The Bible, if you read it very clearly, very closely, it says that he had to make the disciples to do that, right? He had to coerce them a bit. He had to kind of punch them and prod them and say, it's going to be okay, go. I, I, I'm going to go pray, you guys scoot on over. Now, I'm sure there were lots of questions with that. Like, well, how are you going to get over there, Lord? Or what's going to happen with us? Or we, we get over there. What do we do when we get on the other side? We just wait? What do we do? Jesus didn't answer any of those questions at that time. You ever notice how Jesus does that at times? How Jesus does not always answer your why when you want to know it right, when you, right there when you ask it. See, what the disciples thought was this lesson on provision, on how just, just give it to Jesus and Jesus makes everything right. This lesson they thought was over. Jesus had another lesson up his sleeve. And he was about to move them from the introductory course of God's provision into a graduate level course of how to see God move in miraculous ways in their life. That sounds like a really cool course until you realize that this not, maybe, maybe that's not going to be easy. You've noticed that. How many of you have been to college enough to know that the, the, the longer you go and the, the higher the courses are, the harder they're supposed to be? Right? Jesus says, you scoot, I'm going to pray. Through some coercion, they jump in the boat and they begin scooting. They begin rowing. They begin going. And then the struggle hits. You know what I mean. What starts out is just a breeze blowing in the wrong direction. It begins to make them wonder and think. Because some of these disciples have been fishermen. They, they've lived on the water. Can you imagine being Peter, James, and John, and you're rowing across the sea? And as you're rowing across, you feel that breeze begin to kick up and blow your way? What do you think they thought? Just like all of us, we know how this is going to work. I've been in the sea, I've been in the fish, I've been doing this long enough to know how this all works out. We hope and we pray that this wind dies down, or we hope and we pray it gets nothing more than this. But what I'm feeling in the front that I feel coming, and the change that I feel happening, I don't know if we're going to handle this. And here we are without Jesus. You see, the first time the wind came, came a-knocking and the boat went a-rocking, all they had to do was wake Jesus up and everything was fine. They just came from the miracle of just giving it to Jesus, and everything was fine. But now, there's no Jesus in the boat. I don't know about you, but that would, made, that would have made me nervous. Especially when your mind begins to start racing. Maybe y'all doesn't do this, but there are times where I will go to bed dog tired. And I might doze off for like five or ten minutes. And then I'll wake up and i start thinking on something. 
Two and a half hours later, I'm walking the floor and pacing and praying and worried. Okay, maybe I'm the only one. Okay. But this, this breeze begins to blow a little stronger. And it turns into a gale. And this gale begins to blow a little stronger, which, by the way, in Hebrew is a word for joy. But it wasn't very joyful because it's getting stronger. And as it's getting stronger, what do you think that they're thinking? Just the same as all of you. Same as all of us. This is bad. Right? Some of us thought that way a couple of months ago after you cast your vote. This is bad. One way or another. Some of us thought this way back in the summer when there was a lot of just, just, just distress. This is bad. Some of you are in the beginning of this year still frustrated and mad because you got to put on a mask to go into a store and you're thinking, this is bad. We thought the breeze would have settled down by now. I can row against a breeze, but the gale. <laughs> and here they are in the midst of this gale, and it even kicks up to what the Bible calls a tempest. I know I'm just, I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. Thanks, Lord. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. You made us get in the boat in the first place. You, you gave us these baskets, said, get in the boat, go on over. You made us do this. And then you even, then you decided not to even come with us. You went and did your own thing. And sometimes we feel that way. We feel like Jesus, you, God, you're up on this mountain. You're at a level 10 and we're down here rowing and we're struggling and we are nowhere near where we want to be. Bible says it's early in the morning and they should have already made it across the, the lake by now, the sea by now, and they're only stuck at halfway. You guys let me paraphrase or you want me to go read the whole story to you? Right, God? Thumbs up if I'm good. All right, here we go. We've only made it halfway. And then you can start to hear the mumbling and the complaining and the frustration beginning to rise because that's what happened out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth begins to speak and it begins to pop off things like my arms are tired. <laughs> my elbow hurts. My shoulders wore out. Oh, yeah, well, you're not the one has been carrying all the baskets in the money bag. I'm the one with arthritis in the shoulder. You pick up and you roll more and I'm going to lay my oar down. I've got blisters. I got a headache. The salt and the sea and the sea spray, it's in my face. I don't even know where I'm going. I can't even see anything. And then one disciple speaks louder than the rest of them says, Oh, great. Now's not, I know, a good time to say this, but just going to keep it real. Here comes a ghost. So they go from faith, miraculous story of Jesus providing to ghost stories. Because when they see the ghost, everybody has probably heard that, where there's a tradition. The seamen had tradition, the fishermen had traditions that says if they see the ghost when you're on the water. It means your time is here. He's coming to get you. 
He's going to drag you down to Davy Jones' locker. Now, I don't know that part. I'm, I'm mixing pirates of the Caribbean with the Bible. Yo. <laughs> but you've been there. You've been there. And I said all that story to get down to the nitty-gritty. And it's the main purpose for what I feel like God wants me to tell you. Then we'll wrap this thing up. Because you've all been there. Where you feel like, man, I should be across the sea, no problem. We should already be there. Hey, I feel that way sometimes about the church. Seriously. When I look and see, we still got tons more work to do. And I think, man, we should be, that should be done by now, right? And then that's where the enemy begins to creep in. And you, you see things that look like ghosts and then you begin to hear whispers in your ear and those whispers, they're not the prayers of Jesus up on the mountain. The whisper is something like this. Well, if you were where you ought to be with God, you wouldn't be struggling so much. Well, if you had bigger faith and if you were better steward of God and His purposes, you wouldn't be struggling with this. Oh, here's the biggie. Can I just be real? Here's the biggie. Where's all this abundant life stuff you've been believing in? I don't see abundance. The only abundance I see is arthritis and blisters. All I see is an abundance of salt spray in your eyes. And every time you stop rowing to wipe your, your, your face off, you lose more ground. Where's all of this abundant life stuff that Jesus promised? And then Jesus meets them right where they are. Not where they're going. Not necessarily where they were. But meets them right where they are. Aren't you glad he knows exactly where you are? And aren't you glad that he's got a purpose? Jesus, this... I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a great theologian, but I know this. If Jesus sent them on the boat over, don't you think he knew they were going to be okay? The, the, the tempest didn't surprise Jesus. Jesus is watching them all and praying over them all at night. Jesus has got this, right? So maybe, just maybe, he's using this as a lesson they'll never forget. Maybe this is part of the graduate course of learning the provision of God that maybe, just maybe, God really is doing something when you can't always feel it. Maybe, just maybe, God really is doing something whenever you don't always see it because sometimes my sight has got a lot of sea foam in it. Sometimes my feelings are more wore out because my arms are wore out. And when the gale on the outside and the tempest on the outside begins to get on the inside, then my heart begins to doubt at times. And I feel like, well, I'm still struggling. 
And that's where Jesus shows up. That's where God does his greatest work. Read your Bible. You'll figure that out. All the way in the book of Genesis. I'm, I'm reading through the, the Bible this year again, and, and something caught me off guard that you know, I've read this a hundred times, I feel like. And, and I read something in Genesis that just jumped out at me, maybe because this, was, this story was on my heart too, but have you ever noticed that in Genesis, God made Adam, the Bible says he, he made Adam of the dust of the earth, and as he made them, then he, and then he blew his, his spirit in them, and said, then he placed him in the garden. What does that mean? That means he made Adam outside the garden in the dust. And then after blowing the presence of God into him, it picked him up and moved him into the purpose of God. That means that that God uses these struggles and these moments to make you what he wants you to be. To teach you how to know him and to teach you how to learn how to draw close to Him, even when you don't always feel like He's there, even when you don't always see Him working, you have, you've come to a point where you say, I will have faith and not be moved. And maybe, just maybe, He's trying to teach us that abundant life is not the absence of struggles, but it's the presence of someone in the struggle. True peace. True peace is not the absence of fear and doubt and worry and regrets and anxieties. Okay, just curious because I want you to make me feel better today. Raise your hand if at any time this last year you had a worry, a doubt, a fear, or an anxiety about something. Holy Moses, y'all a bunch of crazy people. You bunch of crazy, real people. You mean you're telling me that you, you're believers and yet you still? Absolutely. Because the absence, or the peace, true peace is not the absence of those things. True peace is the presence in the midst of those things. And that's where God's telling us, if you can learn to be a steward over that, then you're going to make an impact like you won't believe. And I love, I'm going to wrap this story up by telling you about Jesus getting back in the boat. And yes, with Peter, right? You know that whole story. But when Jesus gets with Peter back in the boat, he addresses his disciples as his disciples are all standing there with their head down or sitting maybe with their head down, full of blisters, full of sore arms, full of shoulders that were aching and muscles that were cramping. And Jesus looks at them and says, where is your faith? And as they're looking down, they're looking into baskets full of his provision. And sometimes that's where we need to be before we embark on being an impact. We just need to remember what has God put in your basket. May I ask you that? Steph, can you come play?
please. I'm reading the screw tape letters. If you watched Wednesday night, you saw I did a little, I used an example of the, that book by C.S. Lewis, great Christian, Christian classic, screw tape letters. And um, if you didn't get a chance to, to see Wednesday night, I'll give you just a snippet of what screw tape letters is about. And it, it's called the screw tape letters because there is a demon by the name of screw tape. And he's writing to his nephew, Wormwood. There's meanings behind all of those names, but you'll get the gist of it. And he's writing to his nephew on trying to teach his nephew on how to be a good demon. On, on how to use the, the demonic leverage he has to work against what he calls his patient. That basically, he's, this, this demon, Wormwood, is working on somebody here on earth. And his uncle, who's been there and done that and, and been doing this a lot longer than him, is giving him pointers. And he says this in his book. Screwtape tells his nephew Wormwood. He says, it is funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. But in reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. What things? The things that God has done in, in your life. The times that He showed up. Those times when you didn't know how you were going to make it, but yet all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and something incredible happens. Those times that even though you felt like you couldn't get out of the struggle there was a presence of peace with you that moment he saved you and filled you with the Holy Spirit the moment you recognized that your sins were washed away the power of the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. Don't belittle that because it's the same Holy Spirit that raised our Savior from the dead. And yet He's in you. He's in your basket. And what the enemy wants to do is blur your vision enough that you don't look down at this, the basket that's being soaked by the wind and the waves. That's okay, let it get soaked because man doesn't live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. Jesus didn't put them, didn't tell the disciples to put the basket in the boat so that they would have a snack on the way over. Jesus put that in the boat to remind them of what He can do. You want to make an impact? You start by being a steward over what God's given you. And He's given you so much. And when they realized that, the Bible said, you read it just as well as I did. Immediately. Immediately. When they stopped striving and they stopped struggling, when they started abiding and they started believing, immediately 
Jesus moved that boat to the other side. As if to say, the struggle you thought was holding you back, I'm not going to waste one moment of it. But what I want you to do is when you get to this other side, you're going to be so much stronger. Because there's a job for you to do over there. And I want you to make an impact. I'm going to ask you in just a minute to stand and just kind of pray, reflect, worship, whatever you want to do. Maybe all of the above for just a couple minutes. But as you do so, I want you to just kind of search your heart. I want you to just go ahead and lay down those struggles and say, God, I'm struggling with this. And I want you to see where God is going to use that setup to show His glory and His power in your life. I really believe that this year. I believe that this is a year where God wants to unveil some things. And not just on on great civil scales and landscapes, but I think He wants to reveal and unveil some things in your life and in your heart. And when that is unveiled and the revelation is realized and the fullness of the glory of God is working in your life, you'll be like John in the book of Revelation says, and immediately I was in the throne room of heaven. So right now, just lay it before the Lord, every struggle. If you want to come lay it on the altar, lay it on the altar. If you want to lay it on the the chair right next to you, if you want to lay it on your neighbor, lay it on your neighbor. Just lay that down. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus. There's a reason why Pastor Steph was moved with holy, holy, holy are you God because we can't ever forget that. We can't ever forget that. Would you stand with me? Would you just search your heart? Let God search your heart. There's some things you need to surrender. Surrender it to Him. If you just need to take a stand and worship in the midst of your struggle, then do that. As you do that, I want you to seek God. God, what is it you want me to do for the next 21 days? What is it that I can put aside? What is it that I can focus on for the next 21 days? What is it for for me this year? Maybe your word's not impact. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. But now is your time to come to the Lord and ask that. Would you do so for just the next few minutes, however you feel comfortable in doing so? Just give him a minute. Come on, seek him. If you need us to pray with you, here it is. We'll be glad to pray with you.
Let him teach you what abundant life truly is. There is an abiding presence always with you, no matter no matter what level you feel like you're at. You are just as much his at level four as you are at level ten. You're just as much his when you're crying out in frustration as you are when you're singing songs of praise. You're just as much His when you can feel Him and sense Him moving so strongly as you are whenever you're groping in the darkness trying to figure out what to do. You need to rest in being His. I didn't say you wasn't going to get a blister or a sore muscle. But you need to rest in being His. I believe with everything in me, God wants you to make an impact this year. I believe He's going to set some of you up to make... To, I'm just going to go ahead and boldly say this. I believe God is setting some of you up for at some point in time this year, you're going to get to see somebody you've been praying for come to salvation in Jesus Christ. I hope that excites you. If it doesn't, you need to come back to that. I believe he's going to do it. I believe that this is a year where some unveiling is going to take place. Let him do it. Rest in him. Be a steward over that first. And the rest, it comes. Father God, we love you. And we thank you. Lord, my words fall so short. But you hear my heart. And even though my heart's motto sometimes is, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief. I praise you in advance because if there's any teacher out there that knows how to help an unbeliever, it's you. So here I am. Here I am. Teach me. Show me. Unveil to me how to make an impact. In Jesus' name I pray. And if you love him, if you look forward to what Jesus has got in store for you this year, say amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We honor you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. If there's anything we can do for you, let us know. If there's anything we can do for all of you who are online, tag us, message us, call us, whatever. We're here for you. We love you. God bless you. Go forth and uh, have a blessed, blessed year. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.